0: We are
1: Welcome back, my friends, to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal and put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should have been. My name is Kevin Williams, and I'm joined today by Mr. Robert Harrison. Are, are we talking in monotone for... That was oh, my that's current right. DJ voice. Uh, you're listening to WRSG <laughs> student
2: uh, run, run. Oh, God. There's one DJ <laughs> in particular at our was album 88, which is Georgia State University. And she, bless her heart, she's probably 20 years old. And she takes that to the extreme where it sounds like she's about to die. Like she's so <laughs> out of breath when she talks that I have to turn up the radio in between the <laughs> songs, songs. Well, I'm like, what, what about that do you think is cool? to put so little effort into talking that we can't understand you. Well, the, the funny thing is this never changed. No, it's It was that same. way
1: when we were in 25, college. 25, That's exactly yeah, how they sounded. 18 years ago
2: when we were in college. 18 years ago, huh? Uh, something like is that, that right? Math,
1: yeah, I don't 18, know math. I don't think your math is no, correct there. A little bit. Maybe <clears throat> I
2: rounded up to 20, 20 years ago. When we were, <laughs> still That was a
1: band. Math, we were in a band still 20 years your math ago. Is That's right. right. But, but, yeah. Yes, for 40 years, uh, people on college radio <laughs> yeah, has sounded like this. Because it's not cool to actually take a breath and enunciate
2: at least where we're
1: from yeah but anyway how are you doing robert
2: it's it's a uh it's a bittersweet day at the firehouse here i uh the the sweet is that i'm having a wedding here friday which means you get married i get paid no no i'm just the what the kind of wedding where i make money oh right yeah if i was getting married you lose a lot of money doing that i've heard but you gain so much robert (laughs) (laughs) no i don't i don't need the cow I don't need to buy it. Mm. I get the stuff for free. So yeah. So the the sweet part is I get an envelope full of cash when after the wedding's over. But the bitter part is they're having the ceremony right where I keep the hot tub. Oh, so I've got to go man. deflate the hot tub and pack it up.
1: You just need to move it up either to the top of the roof, which you've done before. Yeah, that's still better than I got to drag it up two flights of stairs. To or the roof. I say we put it inside Moose. We put it inside the van, make it work, and that's how we travel. It's to six Nashville feet across. Summer. Let me go get my tape measure. Well, we work. I think you make it work. We can be cruising all the way to Nashville, sloshing, sitting, sloshing around sloshing and inside <laughs> the tub. And then when we get there, we just open yeah. the doors. and Let it all spill out. <laughs> no, we just hang out. That's well, got, people got, just walk up and hang out. We with got us. holes in the hopping, floor,
2: that thing. We're not worried about it. Hop in the hot tub. It gets, I actually have to have a little drain hole when it rains because it leaks so much water inside that it has to escape out somewhere. So yeah, our van has drain holes inside
1: the van. Well, after you get sloshed, go listen to the Pot of Thunder, Growing Up Rock. Slamfest Podcast, Decibel Geek, Podcast Rock City, Cobras and Fire, Rock Strikes 10, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Dummy Room, Kistry Science Theater, State of America, Potter Than Hell, Podcast, The Kiss Room, I Love It Loudcast, Sages of Rock, The Synaptic Empire, and Monty's Rockcast. Come visit us at inobscuria.com. Like us, share us, recommend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, leave us a review, Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Tell us how awesome we are. Oh, yeah. We love to hear that. I've actually submitted five reviews over the last week, and (laughs) Uh, they've just been amazing. My head's getting a little large because of all the glowing praise I've received from
2: somebody, anonymous person on the internet, maybe you. Mm. Well, guess who I heard on terrestrial radio this week many times?
1: I didn't know there was such a thing. There is terrestrial radio.
2: Our local rock station here in Atlanta played, finally, Blackberry Smoke. So, All our friends right. in Blackberry Smoke have been around for 10, 15 years. 20. 20, maybe. <laughs> A long time. They've been selling out large venues for a long time. Over 10 years, they've been selling out some large joints here. And finally, they're just now getting a song played on the radio. It's called uh, Sea Georgia. It's on their new album. It's really good. It's rocking. It's Southern rock. They've moved the needle just a little bit away from the country sound. and it's Yeah, they're always somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle.
1: A little little, more rocking. A little bit
2: of Black Crow's thrown there. A little bit of Driving and Crying, which check both of those boxes for me. But the content of the song is basically... the state of Georgia's version of Sweet Home Alabama. So, you know, Georgia, we're in the South. We get looked down upon for good reasons a lot of time. But at the same time, things. we also like to go, you know what, F you for, you know, looking down your nose at us. And that's what the song's all about is, you know, F you for looking down at us. We don't care.
1: So you, do we think it's going to be an anthem? I think so. Georgia I think the state anthem. of
2: Georgia's, I think they wrote this knowing that the state of Georgia is going to stroke them a pretty big check to use that in advertisements. Nice. In front of college football, the University of Georgia, this is going to get played probably in front of you know, before each game, number of times. So yeah, good for them. Our friend, Brandon, uh, all the guys in the band, congratulations. Uh, they don't need our congratulations, but still, it's pretty cool. Finally, they got some recognition they deserve. That's great.
1: And they've they've really, you know, over the years, they've done really well for themselves. But yeah, this was kind of the last hurdle is, I think people early on, at least when, when Brandon joined early on, they were lumped more in the country. Mm-hmm. Alt country or whatever Alt- you want to call whatever it. Whatever you want to call it, but they were they were considered more country and and they I uh, believe they always thought more of themselves of being a rock band. Yeah. And so now I think they're finally getting more of that recognition of just being a kick ass rock band that happens to be Southern. So
2: they, they put a little Southern flavoring in all their yeah, music, yeah. which is great. I love it. Any band of that stature that lets us hang out backstage and eat some of their food and have free
1: <laughs> exactly. drinks before the show, I'm yeah. going to support them. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about it before, but Brandon still, I grew up with Brandon uh, in my hometown. We were, we've been friends since we were five years old. And he was also, uh, I, I got him, influenced him to move to Atlanta because. Mm-hmm the band plays some amazing keys. And I thought, there are just not that many people that I know of in in Atlanta at the time that played keys. So I thought he'd get an easy gig. And of course, I coerced him into being in the band with the, us. The gig that we got him was with us. <laughs> with, with
2: us. Most important gig.
1: Which worked uh, really well for a while. So Big Jack Pneumatic featured the two of us with Kent Iberly on drums and Brandon on keyboards.
2: And that's when we started firing on all cylinders. Yeah. that was the most fun
1: i had great great band and then kent and brandon would go on to do uh we've talked about metal some monday before which is a a live band karaoke metal karaoke and from that connection i believe is where brandon met the guys in blackberry smoke and that's where he got picked up and he's been touring with them for god it has to be 10 12 years now yeah ever since then really happy for them and i've already pre-ordered that new album i always get their albums on pre-order because they have these really great vinyls, like these nice splatter patterns Mm -hmm. and things are short run and collectible. collectible, So yeah, really cool. Good for them. All right. Well, it's been a dreary day. It's been a really dreary day. Rainy, cold. I'm just kind of down. Yeah. It really does affect your emotions, which is why I'm talking like a college Hmm. DJ.
2: No energy. But I did find
1: something on YouTube that really illustrates how I feel. And I just like to play it now for you. So here you go. From the makers of Tickle Me Elmo and Tickle Me Elmo Extreme comes this holiday season's hottest must
0: have toy. It's Tickle Me Emo. Stop. That,
1: that, that hurts me. Tickle Me Emo is the tortured, angst-ridden teen cousin of Elmo. And boy, is he sad. Don't take our word for it. Squeeze his hand and let Tickle Me Emo tell you himself with one of 13 pre-recorded Emo sayings.
0: If life is so fair, why do roses have thorns? There is no God. You hear me? No God and shaking stuff
2: oh he
1: will just pull a string
0: nobody understands what I'm going through especially you tickle the emo is just like a real
1: emo kid super sensitive and oh so dramatic! <laughs>
0: I hate you! I hate you! I hate you, too. You're not the only one with issues.
1: Be careful not to leave Tickle Me Emo alone for too long.
0: No! I hurt myself to feel alive! Tickle Me Emo,
2: available at Hot Topics everywhere. Hot Topics. Hot Topics, (laughs) God. I think I've been in one of those one-time... Like with going with somebody, they're like, "Oh, let's go in there." And back when there were malls, oh,
1: that was a thing. Hot yeah, topic.
2: and I well, and back, in, I'm much older than anybody needs to be to go in there. But we had Spencers, right. which was hot topic. Spencers 40 is still years around, ago. I believe. Is it?
1: Well, maybe not now. But maybe post pandemic, no. it was
2: all the weird, goofy, poppy stuff, t shirts and things. And but yeah, I was embarrassed <clears> to be in there, and I'm like, I, I just had to go. I was like, No, I'll be outside in the food court.
1: Yeah. So obviously today is it's going to be episode seventy. Sensitive, sensitive demons. Seventies. Sensitive demons. Oh, sensitive demons. And if you'll notice, the word "demon" has "emo" in the e- middle. Demon. EMO. Oh, EMO. EMO. So we are going to talk about EMO today. Emo. I don't know if what immediately comes to mind, but probably what we just listened to from Mad TV. O- overly sensitive. Overly high school sensitive guys. high school kids with bad haircuts. And really bad. They need to be shampooed. <laughs> I first heard the word way back in the mid 90s when I was getting into a band called Fugazi. Well, I think a lot of people know that band, but uh, there were two bands that basically got together to form Fugazi and those bands were considered emo bands, at least when I read about them in the 90s, but I didn't know what that meant. Mm-mm. But I knew there was a band who put out one album called Embrace, who we've actually played on the show before in our wildcard episode with Jeremy. And there was another band called Rites of Spring who also only put out one album and the lead singers from both of those bands got together and they formed Fugazi. So, so that's what I knew of emo, at least in the 90s. And then I didn't hear the term again until almost the end of that decade when it was associated with some bands that I was starting to listen to by the names of Sunny Day Real Estate, The Promise Ring, and Braid. And to me, it was all punk, but they were starting to use that tag of emo. And Sunny Day Real Estate is the band that Nate Mendel, who is the Foo Fighters bass player, that's where he came from. So people may have heard of Sunny Day Real Estate, but unless you we were listening to punk in that, that time, you probably don't know those bands, but those are all amazing bands and kind of considered the originators of the movement. By the 2000s, early 2000s, the term was adopted to the mainstream. And that's when I heard about it. I'd not heard of it prior
2: to that. Right. It was almost to the point where people were already making fun of it, and that's how I heard about
1: it. Yeah, so it's not it, while
2: it was happening.
1: It, it's much like hair bands when grunge came and and took over where the hair bands were. Everybody started making fun of hair bands when a year ago they had probably just been wearing their Motley Crue t shirt. Mm, happened very quickly. <laughs> yeah, it happened very quickly, and sort of the same thing here. So emo comes out and it's polarizing. So people are automatically making fun of it and making fun of the emo movement. But it was a a kind of counterculture as well as a fashion and. Obviously, music. So, to me, the music is mostly punk, but we'll get into that from a culture standpoint. That's, I think, it was polarizing for some folks. And it really wasn't that different than what people had been called before that were called alternative or called goth. You know, it's people that were, maybe maybe the kid who's who's not the popular kid, he's introverted, kind of depressed, you know, maybe he's into cutting and things like that, or socially oppressed, or just emotional. You know, it's about the sensitive kid that really, I guess they made part of this emo thing, and those are what they call the emo kids. And then visually it was, again, similar to to goth in the 80s and 90s. It was all, all about black hair and black nails and uber uber skinny kids. For the most part and skinny jeans. This you, is where the skinny you jeans. You think came I would have
2: loved that because I would have fit right in with that part of it. Yeah.
1: But you know, you remember Guy Liner, that was a big thing. We even did it in the swear for a while. But you know, guys wearing the eyeliner. Oh, I, just, and... I just do that for Home Depot runs. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, kind of the skater cut hair. Those are the cookie cutter emo. Kent thing. had that. Yeah. Kent, Kent had the have skater it. hair. Yep. Studded belts. You know, I, I was I had that. studded belts. I had that. Okay, so guilty. Yep. But it was, you know, borrowed stuff basically. The emo look was borrowed from punk, it was borrowed from metal, and yeah. it was borrowed from God. A so really just, of everything. It was really just everything put together, but that was the thing. Now, sonically, mostly punk, a little heaviness of, of kind of metal, and maybe even a little metal core thrown in. Lots of start-stops, so had a little progressive element mm-hmm. to it as well, which is probably why I really dug it and dig it and vocally i noticed that a lot of nasally vocals so a lot of headspace singing um i don't know I, unlike goth they had the baritone that mm-hmm. was kind of the thing with the goths with the emo kids it was all about the the higher pitch vocals and i don't know why but that's kind of a thing tons of bands tons of bands flooded the market in the early 2000s especially they were categorized as emo and there were all sorts of other variants of emo one being one that were not going Going cover, which is Screamo. Scream-o. Ah! What? Yeah. Not not a big fan. I'm not a big metalcore guy, and I'm not a big screamo guy. About a 60 grit sandpaper to yeah. the back of my I, brain. I like, I like guys that can scream and girls that can scream that I can actually get some sense of mm. melody out of it. Screaming's great. And it should be used for well. emphasis yeah, when it's yeah. the
2: entire song. It's just like death metal. It's like, uh, okay, yeah, I want to understand at
1: least one or two lyrics here when, or there. When, to me, when it's obvious that you can't sing at all, yeah. and you're screaming because that's all you can do, eh, it's just not my thing. Nah, it takes the fun so, out. Screamo, we will not cover today. We're going to cover the emo bands. And like I said, there was a big mainstream backlash almost as soon as the, the movement started. So it really went from late 90s to mid 2000s. Mm. Kind of short-lived, but a lot of these bands still are around. So I looked up one of these lists, and I looked up the Rolling Stone 40 Greatest Emo Albums of All Time. So starting at number 40. No, <laughs> just kidding. Let me go to bear. Let's do the top 10. I'm going to run through them kind of quickly because what I think the cool kids at Rolling Stone did was they tried to be cool, but by putting in maybe bands that weren't the biggest bands, but the ones that they felt like had the most cred so that they themselves could get some cred. But you tell me if I'm wrong. Written by Millennials. Yeah. Number 10, My Chemical Romance. Three cheers for Sweet Revenge 2004. This is their first album. This is not the one that got Mm -hmm. big or the one after that that was even bigger or the one that was after that was bigger than this one. Number 9, Fallout Boy from Under the Cork Tree. This is the one that got them on the map. And man, has that band changed. They're a pop band now. I mean, poppy as pop can be. But they started off as an emo band Number eight A band that you and I saw Great show I'm talking about Jimmy Eat World Bleed American 2001 mm-hmm. Great band We saw them with Muse And And Velvet Revolver, Velvet Revolver. And it's not
2: wow. I know they're emo It's hard for me to picture that Because they're so positive In their lyrics a lot of time And it's not down. They're almost trying to Talk to the other bands And go Dude you shouldn't be so depressed Look the world's great You can do this <laughs> And they're trying to Help them out Pep them up a little bit
1: Well here again I mean I love Jimmy Eat World But the only reason They're on this list Is Because somebody said they were emo. If you you ask me, I'd tell you they were power pop. Power pop. All the way. They were the new version of Cheap Trick to me.
2: And it was influence uh, for me. That's what I wanted to play. Just upbeat rock music, no
1: frills, just straight ahead rock music. Now, number seven and number six, I've actually never heard. So why are they on this list? I don't know. Cap and Jazz is number seven. Nope. Nope. American football is number six. Mm, Nope. Never heard that one. It's football. Football. Foosball. Um, Number five, yes. Braid. Frame and Canvas, 1998. So Braid is one of those original. Bands that just amazing. You should go check them out. A band that does not use the nasally vocals, by the way. Guy has an amazing voice. Uh, number four, Jawbreaker. Dear you. I know that's one of Jeremy's faves. Mm-hmm. 95 is when Dear You came out. The Promise Ringer, number three, Nothing Feels Good, from 97. You see what they're doing here? Yeah. Number two, Rice of Spring, from 1985. And number one, Sunny Day Real Estate Diary, from 1994. So again, they were trying to get their cred by putting in the folks that Look they at felt us. like We know the started cool bands before they yeah, were we cool. Yeah, we knew these bands. This is, this is where the movement started. Yeah. Now, you go Google Emo, you're going to get something different. Google Emo, and you will get My Chemical Romance, Dashboard Confessional, <laughs> <laughs> Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, The Used, Saves the Day, Weezer. Yes, you'll even get Weezer for some reason. Thursday and All American Rejects. Those are bands that I think most people who've heard of emo and have listened to at least a little bit of it. Yes, those yeah. were the bands Except that for had Weezer. success. I haven't I have an exception for yeah. Weezer.
2: They almost are their own category by themselves uh, at the time. They were You'll really also really see unique. Jimmy
1: Eat World. So I, yeah. Weezer and Jimmy Eat World to me are the most outside of emo. But my
2: list will be Dashboard Confessional and My Chemical Romance. And that's it. That's all you need to know about emo. Those two bands, the dashboard was horrible, acoustic, <laughs> dribble, drony, whiny ass music. My Chemical Romance was emo that you could listen to.
1: My Chemical Romance had his, they wore their influences on their sleeves. Mm-hmm. So they were started off kind of punk rock, but they were, you could tell they were big queen fans. They were into bands that did anthems. Yeah, I mean, rock band,
2: absolute so. anthems off the wall, yeah. progressive.
1: Great, good band. Yeah, I I thought they were great. I see. For me, Taking Back Sunday and Thursday, I always heard of those two bands. Sunday and Thursday, take them both back. back. Sunday and Thursday. It was a big day type of band. Day real estate. Yeah, and then obviously um, who we just mentioned, Jimmy Eat World. They also come up. The first time I heard of a band that was labeled as emo that where I realized it wasn't just punk; it was actually a thing called emo. Is this band, The Get Up Kids? And I was in Clemson, South Carolina. I think I'd gone back. I think I was living in Atlanta, but I went back to Clemson. For some reason, probably to hang out with some friends and college went, chicks, uh, maybe, and I went <laughs> back to my old my old haunt, which was called Manifest Music, and they would allow you to put on the headphones and listen to whatever you wanted to. That's before so unsanitary these days. It. I know we, that wouldn't go over now. Yeah, so I listened to this band, the Get Up Kids, and it was labeled as emo, and I heard it and I thought. Man, this is a great punk rock album. And this is a band from Kansas City, Missouri. A lot of emo bands are from the Midwest for some reason. And they were a pretty major band on, on the scene in the early 2000s. They were also one of the ones that were on Vagrant Records. And we'll talk about a couple of different labels that are indie labels that really... Uh, facilitated a lot of these these emo bands. So this band toured with Green Day and Weezer in their early years and were really a driving force in the emo world until they split up in 2005. And when they split up, they did so to focus on their side projects, one being a kind of a folky indie folk thing that I don't really listen to called The New Amsterdam's and the other one being kind of a novelty act called Reggie and the Full Effect where they had this whole backstory that this was a band from the 80s whose tapes had been found and they put out two albums and it, it basically sounded like 80s music but no it was The Get Up Kids I give them credit for that yeah it was it, it had a the, the novelty wears off yeah you know as you get keep through as you get through the first much. album but it was it was still so funny fun. and cool and clever people and, that make up stores like that you gotta give them props exactly but I'm gonna play from that album that I listened to in, in Manifest which I did end up purchasing and we're gonna listen to a song called Forgive and Forget this is off Eudora 2001 The Get Up Kids <laughs>
2: It kind of sounded familiar But obviously I've never Heard that song before It's just that It sounded like A lot of pop punk That I would have heard Back in the day That I like It's just hard for me To imagine that Was called Emo Once again I wasn't Tied into that scene Or anything like that But Emo to me Was always the droney Down tempo songs Hmm. But the faster stuff Just comes across As pop punk Or you know A type of punk And I like it It's just It's not the Fingernails on a chalkboard Emo that I think Gets made fun of a lot
1: Yeah and I think We're gonna find. That as we go through this today, we're playing bands that were considered emo, mm-hmm. and as you listen to this, keep thinking about that because to me, like I said, if you didn't provide that label, I would just think it's kind of melodic punk rock, yeah, which is not in my wheelhouse, not you know, love far it.
2: from what we were. I mean, no, we were not punk, no, but we it's... had that up tempo hard rock and sound that yeah. had a little bit of that to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's aggressive yet mm-hmm. accessible and hooky. Yeah, hooky. right. Yes. so yeah, so let's talk about another one. This is a, a band that I discovered. On Honestly, I believe I discovered them on it was called Smart Punk. Do you remember that? It was a website <laughs> called SmartPunk.
2: Oh, oh, I thought this was another genre. No, I was no, like, no. I it definitely was, wasn't involved I think in anything that's that said was smart.
1: Called. No, it was a, a place where you could go and you could sell merchandise and you could buy merchandise, but they also mm-hmm. had uh, albums and all sorts of things. Sort of like an Amazon, but just for punk rock. I was pretty slow getting on the interwebs. I was a late bloomer well, internet-wise. I, I think we sold some stuff. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah, Yo, you would have been in charge some, of that, and that's, that's why was, you know that. that. You
2: were head of our merchandise department this is true
1: but i believe that's where i heard of this band and they're a band from philly formed in in 99 called breaking pangea and i think i'm pronouncing that right it's called breaking benjamin (laughs) <laughs> no, it's definitely not them. Oh, different band. Breaking Pangea. P-A-N-G-A-E-A. Pangea. We're going to go with that. Uh. Never, never really knew exactly how to say it, but that sounds good to me. And these were I mean, just, most of these bands were just kids. You know, they were high school, college age bands that were out there doing this thing and playing with all these other bands. And they played with a lot of the other emo bands that you might know or might not know, but bands like and Cambria, we've mm-hmm. talked about them before. Hey Mercedes, which is actually a band that we've played before as well on one of our Wildcard episodes. And Hey Mercedes is actually one I considered to play today, but because we had already played them and because they are partly the guys from Braid, I decided not to. This band played with another band called Armor for Sleep, who we may or may not be visiting later, and a band called RX Bandits. So they toured with all these bands in their short time that they were together in the early 2000s. One album, two EPs, 2000 to 2003. I, again, I believe I heard of them on Smart Punk. I bought an album and just really, really dug it because they're kind of proggy, kind of noisy in my wheelhouse. See what you think. This is Breaking Pangea from their EP called Phoenix that came out in 2003. This is the last thing they put out. And this is called Worst Part. (laughs)
2: If you were to break that song down into its individual components, its musical molecules, there's nothing about any of those components that I hate. The drums, the bass, the guitar tone was fine. It's rocking out, it's heavy. The lyrics were hooky, everything. And you put it all together, and it just does nothing for me. It, it, it's not a bad song, and it's just there's something about that type of song right there that just kind of blends into the background. That I listen to it. Like I said, I don't hate it, but it just it, it, nothing about it grabs me. It's not edgy enough. I don't know. I and I can't tell you exactly why. But that genre There's a few bands That will stand out That'll grab my attention That I like But for the most part This is why I never got into it Is mm-hmm. you know The whiny stuff Obviously The, the droney whiny, We can all Make fun of that But this stuff It's like power pop Punk type stuff That normally would be In my wheelhouse But it all sounds Very similar to the band You played before mm-hmm. And I'm betting A succession of bands After this But it just One reason Me personally Maybe I was a little older And out of the Wheelhouse of their audience At the time Time And especially now Mm -hmm. So that That might have Something to do with it That I couldn't really Emote And empathize With the emotions That they were going through Because a lot of bands That were going through That emo Whiny I'm depressed phase That was one of the best Times of my life Good lord have mercy I was having a great time Happy as can be I was in a rock band You know Playing music With my friends Getting drunk Traveling around Having a great time So it was just something That I could wrap my brains Around being sad And depressed At that time of my life Right other points Other points in my life Yeah but then I'm always going to Associate that with Some amazing times So I'm definitely Not their target audience
1: So hearing it later As we are now In, in 2021 Does it still come across To you as being whiny Or is No
2: it just... no not whiny at all okay. Once again The lyrics were This particular song And the one you played before Not whiny I mean the lyrics may have Definitely them, emotional yeah. Emotional About emotions, But not whiny but, I mean like rock songs says, Have source. always have been Yeah about, Always been about relationships That's what, and, that's what I yeah. wrote about I mean it was yeah. the, What do you what is the easiest thing to write about are very strong emotions what are strong emotions anger sadness you know i mean love is kind of hard it's a happy emotion uh, it's it's harder to write happy songs it's it's easy to write sad and depressed songs man that just comes out it just flows so i think it's just i don't know what it is there's my personal tastes gravitate towards extremes mm-hmm. and edginess and once again motorhead just raw Right. Fuck you, music, just all that kind of stuff So I was probably never their target audience And that's why still it doesn't really just grab me I mean, we play music all the time on the show That I'm like, yes, hell yeah, it can be punk Even some of the old prog stuff I get into that, you've introduced me to a lot of those bands But you, this genre, it's just going to be one of those things That if it's on the radio, I will listen to this Before a lot of other stuff Any type of new metal uh, You know, all that crap that I just roll my eyes at I'll take this all day long
1: I can't wait for our new metal episode. We're going to have to do one. We talked so much about it.
2: Maybe we find something that, you know, I don't absolutely throw up over. Let's just try that.
1: Well, see, when I hear what we what we just heard, not, I, I totally, that's your opinion. I totally get where you're yeah, coming I, from. I this I think is what I do. I think the fact that I started off when I was in the seventh, eighth grade listening to punk rock and mainly it was hardcore back then, but, you know, just me always gravitating towards punk, at least having that kind of as my starting point. Mm-hmm. When I hear this music, it definitely takes, you know, a bit from that kind of college music, that alternative stuff that came out in the nineties and it mixes with the punk rock stuff that I kind of grew up on. And then they even throw in some of the the metal riffs and the heaviness of the guitars. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't hear, I mean, that production, just from a production value, the drums, the guitars sound so big in that song. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I said, the individual so well. components sounded great. But they have a lot of, and this is a lot of the emo thing, is they have a lot of start stops, which is kind of proggy at the same time. So, you know, you're firing all cylinders with me. And then one of the main things, and, and maybe the reason, I don't know, we'll break it down as we get through it, but maybe one of the reasons is they have a lot of quiet to loud, quiet to loud. And whisper they, to scream. and they bring it, Yeah, whisper to scream kind of stuff, and they bring it down a lot not so much whisper to scream in the vocals, mainly in the instruments, right? So a lot of clean guitar to really heavily distorted to back and forth, back and forth. So I don't know if that might have something to do with we're it. We're going to...
2: We're, this, is research. this is research. Very important <laughs> research we're doing here tonight. <laughs> the show is titled, Why Does Robert Hate
1: Emo? But <laughs> see, I hear what we just heard and I totally dig it. And this is one of those bands that I just yeah. love. So all the bands I'm playing for today are ones that I really dig out of the genre. But hey, let's see, we'll see what happens next. So I mentioned a band that they toured with called Armor for Sleep. So why don't we listen to Armor for Sleep? This is an emo band from New Jersey formed in 2001. So they were formed right around the time this was becoming a thing. And they were signed very quickly to Equal Vision Records, which is another one of those labels that really focused on punk rock and emo back in the day. And I, I believe that label's still around, but they were a big indie player in this scene. And so they recorded uh, two albums. I think they eventually had three full links an EP, and they broke up in 2009. So they actually lasted a little bit longer than some of the other bands. A lot of these bands are kind of four or five years, and they're done. Uh, this band, they eventually, after two albums, they signed for their third one with Warner Brothers. So they were on Warner Brothers' sire in 2006. Um, they actually got a song on a film that I've never seen. That I don't know why I've never seen it because it sounds so bad that I need to see it. uh Oh, Snakes on a Plane. Oh, you ever see God. On no, a plane?
2: no, 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 no. That
1: uh, it looks so bad. Ten I seconds watch into it.
2: the promo. I knew this is not. But, you know, after the fact, now years later, maybe if we have, like, three car bombs before we watch it, that it'll be funny.
1: They also had a song on Transformers, which is so, you know, two pretty big movies at the time. They had some forward momentum. Obviously, they signed with the Warner Brothers, so they went to the major, but probably not a band that most people have heard of. No. Uh, so Armor for Sleep. I want to play the title song from the album that I first got into them on, which is now called Dream to Make Believe. <laughs>
2: Fade out I was like, <laughs> Wasn't even ready for that song to end. It's um, over. So, are you sure that wasn't the last band? <laughs> are you
1: fucking with me? I told you, are they, you they all with sing me in that same kind of timber. The uh, voices. You are so. not lying.
2: Uh, you are absolutely correct. It's all three bands. I think are the same band. So, early April Fool's on me. <laughs> I'm gonna look like a jackass. Thanks. Nope, different band. Oh, okay. Armor for sleep. Um, is, yeah. Ditto. I don't is this a ditto? Ditto. I'm trying to think of why. And there's a lot of things coming back. Kick ass. Yeah, they are. Like I said, I am not disparaging. The band Or the the music Specifically for any reason It's just some reason It doesn't resonate with me And I'm thinking back To the time when this was out And I do remember There are a lot of Whiny ass songs Uh, Even Blink 182 Got off the rails And was Mm -hmm. There's a lot of songs About parents breaking up And things like that That I had no correlation to I mean I'm one of the Probably few people That my parents stayed married Until my dad passed away A few years ago And so I just had nothing To really commiserate With them on that And if your parents Had split up when you were young Oh my god you would dive right into that, and it was speaking to you directly. So I think part of it it was a lot of that whininess and talking about emotions that I didn't really have any empathy towards, and so it just didn't resonate with me. Versus more
1: of the rock songs, talking about drinking and women and things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's fine. And you've always been more of a vocals guy versus yeah. me. Like I can I can listen to a song a hundred times and not tell you what they're singing about yeah. at all so because I do, I'm listening. Because to I, music. I
2: write lyrics. And, you know, you have to, but uh, the song the the. the vocal Vocals are part of it that it just doesn't resonate with me. So it's not that I hate the music. Like you play Jimmy World, that resonates with me Mm -hmm. because it's more of a positive, upbeat song. And we did try to do that. Uh, For the most part, our songs that you and I played together were not Down in the Dumps, Woe is Me. They were funny songs. And, you know, true stories, me being an idiot, and I I would get a song out of it. Uh, (laughs) You know, there was a couple of, you know, we had our big power ballad that was kind of a sad song, but not completely so yeah, I think that it's just my style is when I play music is I want to rock out by the same time. I don't want to depress people. I want to entertain them and make them leave happier than they showed up to our show. And it still lingers to this day when I listen to that music
1: versus a lot of this, which is probably in that come uh, dwell in our angst and our, misery. yeah,
2: commiserate with me because <laughs> yeah. I've been through the same thing that you've been through. Yeah and i just gravitate, uh, if that's what everybody was doing at the time i went the other direction to try to be different and it was like i said it's not easy to write happy music i give jimmy world a lot of credit cuz i know it's hard it doesn't flow out of you emotionally like sadness angst you know depression all that really anger. just writes itself
1: anger super easy
2: anger god that's the easiest thing to
1: write about well, let's let's try something else here. Let's do a band. So we've done some bands from up north and in the midwest. Let's try a band from, of all places, Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> what? An emo band from Auburn, Alabama. What do you Alabama. have to be
2: upset about growing up in Auburn, Alabama? There's nothing there to get upset about.
1: Originally, this band was called Antidote, and they moved in 98. So they formed in 97 in Alabama, and they moved to Connecticut in 98, <laughs> which, again, that's a Why? weird thing. Because he moved to Atlanta. That's two hours away. Well, I'm assuming it was cheaper than moving to New York City. So I'm assuming that's why they did that. Yeah, maybe real estate's a little less. Off-check Zillow. But they changed their name to Hot Rod Circuit, and that's the band we're going to talk about. They were on Triple Crown Records early on, and that's another punk label that a lot of groups have been on and another purveyor of emo as well. They played shows in New England with the Get Up Kids, who we talked about, and another band that we haven't talked about, which I'm surprised didn't come up maybe number five on the Google search. Which is a band called At the Drive In?
3: Oh yeah, a about great
1: great band from El Paso, Texas. But they play shows with them, so if you're playing with At the Drive In, you're playing with the Get Up Kids. Yeah, you're probably going to be pretty decent. This band was courted by Drive Through Records and MCA, but they actually ended up on Vagrant, which is the mm-hmm. the label that Get Up Kids were on that I was talking about back in 2001. And they toured the they did the Vagrant tour, so they toured extensively with uh, your good buddies Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> Uh, saves the day another one we haven't mentioned which i'm surprised hasn't come up is newfound glory god, and yes. good charlotte oh god so those are two bands that i absolutely oh, can't stand
2: god good charlotte what that evokes a lot of angry
1: yeah. emo emotions for me. Yeah, so that, those Ugh. are those are I think some of the ones that Newfound Glory and, and Good Charlotte that people also think of with emo and, and yeah I, I was never really into those those bands. Was one
2: that did Stacy's Mom or something like that? No,
1: Stacy's Mom was not them. That was um, why. What was a Good Charlotte song that I really hated? I don't know. I've repressed all those. Thank memories. God. Yeah, that <laughs> was all. That was early two thousands, wasn't it, was it? Stacy's Mom. Damn, that's gonna kill me now. We'll have to Google it. Somebody I call remember. us. Call my, phone. Some, my somebody's number. screaming right now yeah, they're screaming at their phone <laughs> you dumb asses. it's yeah uh, anyway. i don't know it's not coming to me but anyway we're talking about hot rod circuit so let's see if we can turn it around let's see if we can turn robert into an emo lover here this band released six full-length albums from 98 to 07 they've re- reunited a couple times but uh, formally disbanded in 07 so i'm going to play from their 2002 record called Sorry About Tomorrow. This is a song called Now or Never.
0: To the boy with a short attention span The classes that they put him in Knows just where he stands To the girl who lost it all that night Since so she tried with all her mind To run as fast as you can To the boy with a short attention span
1: wearing guy liner I need to be (laughs)
2: This is getting weird. Okay, so last week, I was working on some electronics, and I was in the one room in my house that actually has a TV, and I wanted something in the background, so I kicked the TV on. I was going to just play some music, and somehow, I ended up watching A Clockwork Orange. When, when was the last time you saw
1: that movie? It's been a couple of years, but I used to watch it religiously in high school. Okay, so you
2: know, the, the older we get, the more incredibly awful that movie gets <laughs> to, to today's standards. So anyway, it's just on the background. I'm glancing at it, but the scenes of him being forced to watch these horrible mm-hmm. (laughs) Images and so, first of all, I'm getting the feeling that that's going on right now. But
1: let me put some drops.
2: Yeah, put some drops. That's why you mentioned, guyliner. But it's also like a therapy session in the sense that it's bringing back memories. So you mentioned Good Charlotte, Uh and just that that name evokes negative emotions with me, and I'm starting to understand now why I, (laughs) I have I'm hesitant to like this music is because back in the day I was listening to this stuff and I wasn't thinking of it as emo music. Once again. Dashboard Confessional, the acoustic, droney, whiny stuff. Yeah, I would think that. But I was thinking of this type of music is more just pop punk. Mm-hmm. And Blink-182 was huge, but it was kind of going off the rails with all these other pop punk wannabe bands mm-hmm. that I thought it was kind of way over the top. I'm like, this is Jump the Shark. And I hated it because of it wasn't punk rock. It was too whiny to be punk rock. It was too... <laughs> Anyway, it was just sellout punk rock music. So I think back then I developed a hatred for it because I'm thinking of punk rock and how this was not punk rock. Instead of looking at this, no, this is a separate genre of music. I, d- when I heard Good Charlotte, I wanted to break stuff. Well, it was so bad. Fake. They were
1: fake. Yeah, exactly. But people did put them in the emo category because of the way they dressed, and it
2: ruined probably the other a lot of the other pop a lot of the other emo because I lumped it all together as that same whiny ass right. punk that's just beyond. I was I was over it As an adult I couldn't empathize With any of it It wasn't what Punk rock was about To me And so Because I miscategorized it That I think that Has led to a lot Of negative emotions So getting back To that specific band Once again Just good rock and song It started off A little bit better Than the other songs uh, A little stronger With his his vocals Then it kind of Went right into That same wheelhouse Very Mm. tight Narrow channel Of how the songs Were written And performed Real similar together So I'm glad It was a very Short lived genre Because the songs Were just way too somewhere for me.
1: Hmm, okay. Did you like at least the the middle eight, the bridge yeah, section yeah, that like, had that it's, kind of weird project? It a little bit better. Yeah, that was okay. a little
2: bit better than the first few.
1: All right. Well, let's see if we can, let's see if we can kick all this stuff in the nuts. So we're, we're going to go. <laughs> I don't want to be kicked in the yeah, nuts. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to kick all these no, bands in the nuts because we're going to talk about a post-hardcore band that I would not have lumped into this genre, but we've already mentioned their name. They're from El Paso, Texas. I'm talking about At The Drive-In. And when I got their kind of major breakthrough album the relationship of command in in the year 2000, I didn't, again, I wasn't thinking emo. This was just a kick-ass hardcore punk band to me who happened to be on kind of a mainstream stage for a bit. But they've been lumped into the emo category. So what the hell, we're going to play them. They're not the most obscure band in the world. A lot of people have heard of At The Drive-In, but I want to play it. So what? It's our show. Yeah, so we're going to (laughs) play it. They they released four full-length albums and six EPs from 94 all the way to 2017. But there was a big gap in between there where they split up into different bands. And a lot of people probably know the bands that they split up into more so than, than this band even because one of those bands is a band called the Mars Volta mm-hmm. and they were like a punk, aggressive rock, just juggernauts in the 2000s. So at the drive-in after their 2000 album came out, they split up into Mars Volta and the other band was Sparta and Sparta was kick-ass as well. They didn't do quite as well as Mars Volta did but eventually they all got back together and did at the drive-in and Jeremy and I went to see them when they released their new album and went on tour in 2017. They were amazing. Love this band. Uh, the relationship with Command Man, which is the the album I'm going to play from was actually released on the Beastie Boys record label called Grand Royal. So just to throw another weirdness into mm-hmm. it, so they had mainstream success with this album. It was on the Beastie Boys label, and this album has been voted, uh, especially in the in the UK press, as one of the uh, ultimate albums from the 2000s. Uh, I think in the NME, which is the New Music Express, 37th, uh, I think 37 out of 100 or something like that for the 2000s. So very influential album and. Just a very influential band on emo and all things punk and proggy that have gone on since. So I'm going to play a song, the first song that I ever heard, which is called Pattern Against User.
0: and limbo of dark trust way through distant earth our way through distant earth no way through distant earth no way through
1: distant earth Guess what? what? I like that.
2: Oh my god, I so, knew it. And I guess the key difference is the vocals on that one. It started off sounding very uh Zach uh d- shit, De La shit. Yeah. De La Rocha? Yeah, Della Rocha, Roca, whatever. <laughs> I knew it wasn't Rocha. Anyway, uh yeah, it sounded very much like that. I'm like, okay, there's that edgy <laughs> I needed. Jesus. I totally you know the like, if you yeah. get it caught. I'm going down. <laughs> I thought you just choked, but yeah, you sucked up the tea bag. <laughs> oh,
3: shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Anyway.
2: <laughs> So yeah, there, there, it was more ragey against the machine and I like that. So yeah, I think there's a, a few little things here or there that make it stand out for me. So it's not, I hate all Ema music. Once again, there was just some of that in that middle ground that just blends in. I don't hate
1: it, but it's just, it doesn't do anything for me. All right. Well, cool. Well, I, I thought that would give it a little kick in the nuts at least. So, okay, well let's see if we can continue this trend. And we're on the upper trend now. Let's see if we can get there. The next band I'm going to talk about is a band from Chicago, formed in 98, and they were named after. The London area where Jack the Ripper operated. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> such a pleasant part of town. Yeah, well, you know, if you're gonna name your band, you gotta Ripperville. Pick no, it's they're called Spitalfield. <laughs> So, yeah. So that's what I <laughs> that always thought. That field
2: it was. over there, that's where you spit, not that's, on the street.
1: I always thought Spittlefield was basically just projectile spitting, but no, apparently this is a place or an area of London. So yeah, I'm not going there. But they're from Chicago. And they released four albums from 2001 to 2006, right in the sweet spot of Emo. So let's see. They're on Victory Records. Check. They were around from 2001 to 2006. Check. They're checking all the Emo boxes here. They toured with Sugar Cult thursday early november and they did a lot of stints on the warp tour so check 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 check. so they're checking all the boxes for emo and i think they kick ass so let's see what you think i'm going to play a song from 2003 from their album called remember right here the song is called those days you felt alive
2: Some more eye drops. <laughs> You're right back where you were? Yeah. At a positive note on the last one, and then they got back to the same uh, thing for me. Uh, yeah. It just. It's a whammy. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I mean, I usually don't have this many duds uh, <laughs> on a podcast. Usually, it's, you know, every. Fifth or sixth song, I may go. Eh, you know. But I think just this whole genre is dangerous for me. It's just me. not your thing. It's just not my thing. Like huh. I said, you can pick a few bands out of it that I'm, I, I like, but for the most part, this whole I not, didn't realize it. I never could have told you I hated emo. music. not hate. I just it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? It just, dislike? <laughs> dislike? No, it's not even dislike. It's I'm ambivalent. I'm very ambivalent to emo. I don't hate it. Yeah. It just doesn't do anything for me. Now, like I said, if you wow. break, if you were to sing uh, that just bass guitar tone alone
1: for. Me, it was just exactly like, oh, if you would isolate sweet, that
2: sweet. isolate the guitar I'm like damn that's a rocking guitar sound but the vocals I think are the one thing that this just kind of takes the t- edge off of it
1: hmm. okay
2: all right well I- but the listeners may have a different opinion we're here for the listeners not me this is not I
1: have a feeling that the make listeners Robert happy are, I think the listeners are probably going to align with you well, and I we'll I see. will go ahead and say that this is going to be our lowest number of downloads in a long maybe time. we should <laughs> call it something else
2: besides emo and then they won't know until they download
1: it no no let's see what happens like I said the These these are songs that I all own. Everything that I play on the show, I own. And I... I mean, I was thinking two things as we were listening to that. I was thinking, yeah, Robert's not going to like this one again. <laughs> and number two is this reminds me of back when I used to live on Church Street in that town. Oh yeah, the town. I remember that. And we had that amazing Olympic size swimming pool. And I would take these. These are the bands that I was listening to at the time uh-huh. on. Uh, I, I mean it was this pre iPod. Yeah. So I was listening on like a, a, a Walkman or boombox. Yeah, a Discman. Discman. Yeah, discman. yeah, that's right. You had a disc, disc player. And so I would sit down at the pool, and I remember listening to that song and that just took me right back to just see see, see, you have positive associations
2: with it. Yeah. I just don't. Okay. Well we may stayed up late helping you renovate that place when you moved in, painting Uh, and doing flooring. Yeah. Yeah. We had some good times drinking beer and renovating.
1: Absolutely. Somebody's giving me a call and I don't know who it is. Hmm. Screw up. I'm on a podcast. What's wrong with you? do you know? All right, so we might as well end on a down note for you because I'm pretty <laughs> certain you're going to hate this next band, and this is the last song we're going to play. Well, this, gonna is a, this is a very poppy emo band, so I'm oh, rest God. assured you're oh, going to really hate oh, this. Because
2: I thought that was what you just <sighs> played. No, for the no, last... no.
1: This is the poppier band, and this is um, a band that had some pretty pretty big success, although I don't think they were ever a household name, but I actually saw this band live. They were great. The band's called The Starting Line, and they're another band from Philadelphia, and they were signed to Drive Through Records which is again one of these other ones and drive-through records focused mainly on kind of the power poppy mm-hmm. pop punk crossover to emo kind of band so there are a lot of pop bands on drive-through records and drive-through records is the label that I sent the last things that we did with big Jack pneumatic I sent uh, a whole press kit to them oh yeah and they actually responded and they said basically this sounds great if you guys are ever in California if you're <laughs> if you're performing a show in California let us know and we'll come down and see the show.
2: Almost as good as Canadia. Yeah. Yeah. If you're ever in Canada yeah. or California, same distance from Atlanta. <laughs>
1: So they had actually at least listened to our music and would consider at least coming out to they see us. They liked
2: us, but not enough to buy a plane ticket.
1: But anyway, I'm going to play from one of their drive through releases. Now, they eventually were signed to Geffen in 2004. They went on tour with Fallout Out Boy, so they did have some success. And then even further after that, they signed to Virgin Records and put out an album, I believe. And they toured with every emo band you can throw out. I mean, the list is like 20 bands long. Now, some that we didn't name that were also in that world so we did mention Good Charlotte they toured with them how about do you remember the Ataris uh huh okay so they toured with them Midtown was another one no. you remember Midtown no Some 41 yeah and we liked them yeah we liked them No Use for a Name you remember that band uh, I
2: I remember the name No Use for a Name
1: now here's another one couldn't tell you what they played here's another one that I never liked but they were very big Yellow Card yeah that was another one that, uh, and they had a violinist in yeah. the band if I remember correctly but that they was another one, one I never got one, into one hit so they released three full links from 2002 to 2007. Again, I'm going to play from Say It Like You Mean It, which came out in 2002 on Drive Through Records. But let's leave you with this, Robert. You go mm-hmm. ahead and just get your guyliner on, put your skinny jeans on, and enjoy.
2: He loves it. <laughs> I'm less ambivalent about it. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was higher on the scale of almost liking it.
1: Had some hooks. Yeah.
2: It had definitely. Uh, it was uh, a little heavier. A little almost a little more Sum Forty One ish. Definitely so more
1: pop
3: punky. Pop punk
2: was emo. fine. Is when it got into the emo, it just kind of slides off the rails for me. All right. Well, so I love Sum Forty One. That was a great show. God, they 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 love the classics. They <laughs> throw in so many.
1: Fitted in their little metal bits, metal bits, and they're they're
2: amazing musicians and very athletic on stage. Even after all these years, I was very impressed with that. They do; they're still in good shape. So anyway, I I can't say anything really bad about the songs today, but I can't say a lot of good. So, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) It's
1: fine. Oh man. I had one more I was going to throw your way, but I'm not going to play it. And do you know why? Why? Because Not
2: because of my feelings.
1: No, not because of your feelings, but because it is probably the most emo of emo songs that I had in the list. (laughs) And one of the things that emo bands did that we didn't explore that much today is they had really long song titles. And I was going to play a song by a Canadian band called Monine. And here is the song title. I just got to read you the song title. It'll take two minutes. The frightening reality of the fact that we will all have to grow up and settle down one day. I don't know whose reality he's living in. It's
2: not my That's reality. the name of the song. I have not had to grow up. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a thing? People grow up and like mm. get jobs and settle well, down and well, have I, just,
1: I think it's funny because a lot of the emo bands, they had really yeah. long song titles. And if you remember, the grunge bands, they had the opposite. Yeah, a lot dirt. of the grunge bands, it was, it was a single yeah. word. So like the first Pearl Jam and Nirvana, a lot of those albums only had one word Dude, titles. We were so cool. We don't have to talk. Yeah, <laughs> so, and then the emo bands took it the extreme other way, where I'm going to write a novel as the song title. Well, with grunge,
2: title. if you don't understand it in one word, you don't need to be listening to our music <laughs> versus the emo bands. Let me tell you every single thing that I'm feeling right now in this song title. Yeah, you don't just, have to listen to the song. You know what it's about. Let me just
1: lay on your couch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Love me Listen to me whine
1: Well I'm really upset I just gotta tell you how I feel I'm really upset I I don't know really how to process my feelings right now That you did not like what we played today (laughs) But I'll probably get over it. I do f- I'll do. come back next week for another episode. How's that? Well, hopefully there's there's uh, no razor blades in this room because I don't want to start doing things to myself. Let me go I'll look for sharp regret. objects. The um, windows are hard to open anyway, so you can't jump out the window. <laughs> we, we had to go here eventually. Yeah. No, so I, we did.
2: We, it, and now it's an education for people that maybe didn't live through that or in another country didn't get to experience that firsthand. Now you know what we
1: had to listen to and, and suffer through. And I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> But by the time we get to Volume 5, Robert, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. (laughs) And with that, we will see you for another round of Emo next week. (laughs) Later. Later. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: Good Lord. The
2: <laughs> you're their tea bagging. We're trying to have a podcast and you're teabagging over there. <laughs> Damn
3: it.